So in this podcast, we'll be talking about the equality and equity in the educational world and in the military world. So basically, for me, I'm t- I'll be talking about the education, but how like the teachers in schools view equality and equity. They, how they use both words they use it really like interchangeably meaning like they use it as in like one or the other meaning like it wouldn't really give like a good definition of what equity and equality me- means because teachers would like think equality and equity means the same thing but actually it doesn't so I found out like a way uh, like words a pair of words are like similar to equality and equity or equity and equality in education so the words I just found out were fair and equal, fair as in equity and equal as in equality. So like in a like for example in a school base, in, in education everybody is treated equally, but not everybody have the same like equitable like um, they aren't treated like the same equitability. Whereas like one student with the same resources as this other student is achieving higher goals and then like the other student that has the same resources that student is like struggling and if like there's equitability in like the school and like that like that student were to get like more help and more resources that student will be in an equal stance with the student that is already achieving higher um, education like not higher education but a higher like learning ability so basically what I found out is that school that, like focuses more on equality instead of equi- e- um, equity. And like I found that out because like like um, for like in California, there's like a lo- like schools in California, they actually focus on a lot of um, equality more as like equity. but we're getting more to equity because like we have now like, the inclusion of SPED and like um, inclusion, like where they teach students that like need actual like help, like they give them more resources and they have like teachers special specializing in their needs, so they can be like up in the same educational level as those that have the same resources resources as them. So like in our school, like we have like inclusion to help like those students that actually need like more help than us, even though they get the same resources. So like their resources and like having an equitable chance and like being in the same educational level or equal educational level as us would be like the inclusion teachers and like how they help them. Like I was wondering if like, cause like I know that you went to Eagle Rock for your freshman year. I wonder if that like, that was the same thing for you guys. Like if you guys had equality and equity in your school. Um, yeah, when, when I went to Eagle Rock, um, there was like around maybe 50 kids per class. Um, so it was kind of hard to focus on each um, student there, whereas um, here at Ecos it's a lot more um, like focused on individual students. But at Eagle Rock, um, I felt like there, there wasn't really as much resources. Like yes, it was a like a very uh, crowded school with a lot of students, but there just there wasn't enough resources um, for that student to, um, to to be lenient on, and so. Personally, I, when I went to Egrock, I never heard of an inclusion specialist. We had a, like a dean, but every high school has that. Um, and there were a few counselors, but the counselors there were mostly focused on keeping track of your like grades, and that, and that was it. Like there, you couldn't go to the counselors, you couldn't talk to them. 
about like any problems that you had faced or anything like that? Wow. So basically your school like struggled with equity for those students that actually like, need help. So like, they didn't have like a SPED or like um, inclusion at all? No, from based on my knowledge, I, I don't think we had an inclusion specialist um, because like, as I stated before, like I, I've never even heard what that was until we had one recently this year at UConn. Um, so like in even there might have been one at Eagle but I just, I didn't know. And I'm sure that there was a lot of other people that I didn't know as well. Um, but yeah. Um, bringing up like, um, like, like inclusion, there's like other inequities in like our school as well as like other schools with like, um, English language learners. So like the like the inequities like usually like mainly affects those are like English language learners. So according to like the National Center of Education Statistics, since 2015, they, they, they did this they did this research in 2015, but they found out that 4.9 million students were categorized as English language learners. And that made up like basically 9.9% of the overall student population in public schools in the US. So like, if you think about it, that's a lot of students that don't really have like the needed resources to be able to like keep up with their classmates in like education because there's like a language barrier between them. And as in like 2016, like a year after, um, there's 2.9% of Hispanic students that were held back between the grades of 9th to 12th in part as a result of like educational inequity. Like equal equity in education is integral in like the success of like individual students from diverse backgrounds, and that's like basically what we need. So like ECOs, like like recently, like I don't I don't think like it was like recent, not like one or two years ago, but basically we now have two English language learning teachers instead of one English language learning teachers compared to last year. But compared to our inclusion like like department. They have five teachers, whereas we have they ha- like the English like the ELL department has two, and those five like teachers in inclusion are like specialized in inclusion like stuff. Like they only in teach inclusion, and they don't teach like other like subjects. Whereas like the ELL teachers, they have like other um, topics they have to teach about. So like our ELL teachers are Mr. Centeno and Ms. Federico. And then themselves, Mr. Centeno teaches like Spanish classes, and then Miss Federico teaches history classes for like ten, and I believe eleven. But that's kind of crazy how like how like even though we're trying to reach that equitable equitable stance where like all our students have the equal amount of like they have the equal amount of resources, but then they also have uh, additional resources for those that need help. But even though we're trying to reach that goal, like, we seem a little bit too far from it as well. And, like, to add on, we there's also, like, this Equality Act. Well, hold on. Like, let me pose this question to you. Like, have you seen any, like, English language, like, learning department at your time from, like, Eagle Rock? Um, because there was a lot of students there, um, it was very crowded and... There was a, obviously a lot of buildings, but um, I was never familiar with the English, 
the English uh, language inclusionist building for, based on my knowledge. Um, um, there might have been maybe a few similar um, buildings to the English language inclusion uh, building, but I never heard of that when I was there, Igora. So, but like you guys had like your own specific buildings for the English language like inclusion students? No. Or like, no. Oh, damn. Like, that's kind of like what like schools actually need to work on is like having like having like an inclusion based um like more inclusion and sped like programs for students that need help as well as like english language learning like departments and, yeah like, i, I to totally add, agree with that yeah. yeah like to add on we like we, 10 years ago, we had this act in California, as well as like nine other states in the in the US, that met, like, it's basically called the Fair Education Act, where it, it's a law manda- mandating like LGBTQ inclusive curriculum. And it was like past 10 years ago, meaning, and like from like a research done like two years ago in 2019, it shows that only like in California, only 31% of the students are, report, are being reported being taught about this history in 2019. Which is kind of wild because that act was placed 10 years ago. And like, you would think the number would be higher on like students being taught LGBT, like, um, LGBTQ history or like, like sexual, sexual education. But it's like pretty yeah. low, like 31%. Yeah, as I think of, like, especially... 20- Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, but no, especially continue. in today's world, um, in 2020, you know, there's a lot of um, people are, are coming out more and there's a lot of more um, LGBTQ plus members. Um, so I think like based on the stats that you gave me, I, I think like there should be a lot more resources and knowledge based uh, in the LGBTQ plus community. So that's just a little bit mind blowing that there's still there's still not a lot of knowledge about it and, and it's not being taught to other people as well. I think to add on, I believe there's this act that is allowing, because there was this act that, brought up, that was brought up in 2019 in the Senate called the Equality Act, which it would prohibit discrimination against the basis of sex, sexual orientation, and gender identity to protect those in the LGBTQI plus community about like being like bullied and stuff like that in school. But if you think about it, for like the Fair Education Act, like, okay, so like I'm gonna like relate to our school. So like our school, like we get learned about like the sexual education and like peer pressure during like, I believe, yeah, it was ninth grade like PE years, where we get to learn about sexual education and and as well as like peer pressure, and then I believe chemistry, like tenth grade is when we also learn about like we went into deep depth about like STDs and safe sex. But what I've learned from like that is that like it was all like hetero based, like, especially the, the ninth grade one. Yeah, it was like. There wasn't that much of like inclusion of like the LGBTQIA plus community, 
there's only inclusion where when they only mention like the STDs and how like, it transfers. But they don't like really teach about like how, like what happens if you like were to come out to your parents mm-hmm. like emotionally, what supports you have, um, mm-hmm. like safe sex, like dental dams, what to do, yeah. like stuff like that. But like the only time I like basically saw that was when in chemistry when these two um believe students from UCLA came in to talk about like to go into depth about like the STDs and safe sex and that was when mm-hmm. I like finally first saw that they included like the LGBT like LGBT based education and like compared to like our middle school because like you you and I went to the same middle school like we yeah. didn't really have that much of like an LGBTQ like representation in our middle school yeah, it was like, like mas- yeah, it, it was mostly all just like hetero based. Yeah, and like to relate that to the military, I know like you like did some research on like the, how like LGBTQ plus community members are affected in the military. Like how does like how do they get affected by having like resources and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, so um like before I, I do go in debt, I, I just wanna give like a little bit of backstory. Um so um backing all the way to the Revolutionary War, if a person committed these homosexual acts, they were immediately discharged. Um and this kind of lasted all the way um until like even during World War II, um psychiatrists even like classified same sex attraction as a mental illness and behavioral disorder in the in the US military. And uh, in 1942, they also had to take a psychiatrist test before being allowed in the military. Um, so that way people can distinguish like, oh, if they're LGBTQ plus or not. Um, and as like, as decades continue to pass, um, during like the 1970s, during the gay rights movement, the ban on homosexual uh, sexuality in the military began to become challenged. And it wasn't until 1992 when Bill Clinton passed the Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy. And it, it kind of it's kind of self-explanatory in the name. Um, uh, Clinton passed this policy and it, it allowed LGBTQ plus members to serve in the military, but they needed to keep quiet of their sexual orientation. So it was kind of just like silencing their, their um, like what kind of person they are and um, silencing like what their preference is. Whereas, like, if, if a hetero, like, they wouldn't silence their, like, sexual orientation. Um, and so this this act began to, it, it took hold. And, and um, it wasn't until in 2008, President-elect Obama, he set out to repeal the policy. And it, it did, uh, it did uh, successfully repeal. Um, but, but even still, though, like, the don't ask, don't tell policy, like, there was still many, like, people were still facing a lot of discrimination and there was um, reportedly a lot of like sexual harassment cases that were being swept under the rug as well. Um, And then it wasn't until um, in 2016 that the military lifted its ban on transgenders in the military. But then in March of April, uh, in March of 2018, Donald Trump signed a a memorandum which bans transgenders from joining the military again. And so, like, you kind of start to see this, like, continuous pattern of of people, like, yes, they're seen as equal, like, after the don't ask, don't tell policy, they're starting to be seen more as equal, the LGBTQ plus members, but it's like, they're not given that equitable chance 
you know, like a hetero person didn't have to go through all these years of waiting and they didn't have to fear that people would find out about their sexual orientation and get discharged. Um, so it's, it was, they're not given a lot of equitable chances. Like, um, and it, it's um, actually ex- estimated um, that um, in at least uh, the 1990s to the 2000s, there was reported at least um, 1,046 uh, discharges in the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and, the, and it kind of just grew and grew and grew in the t- early 2000s as well. Um, and it, it barely started to, to get lowered down um, uh, during like the don't ask, don't tell policy, but it's, it's still like, people are just not given that equitable chance, as I mentioned before. Um, wow, that's yeah. messed up. On like with the don't ask, don't tell. Like I know how like their intentions on like trying to protect the LGBTQI plus community, but it's like when you come out of the closet, like you like you want to be open. But if you yeah. were to join the military, you have to like you're basically shutting yourself out and just being put back in yeah. the closet with the don't ask, don't tell policy, and that's like kind of crazy. Like, yeah. I have, like, a question to pose, but, like, mm-hmm. well, well, I have, like, a question to pose, but, like, a trigger warning, in, like, because we're, be, like, it's about sexual assault and sexual harassment, so, like, if you, like, mm-hmm. really, like, like, for those that are listening, if you, like, don't really want to listen to it, like, maybe you should log off, but, yeah, basically, like, how about, like, the sexual, like, assault and harassment in the military on the LGBTQ IA plus community like I know that one is like pretty high up there yeah like as, as I kind of mentioned before a lot of the cases were just being swept under the rug and it's it's kind of really sad um, that that people had to undergo all these experiences and not be treated the same as those who are hetero based um, it's yeah it's, it's just it's really sad like to see like, and, um, so, like, I've heard, because I did some research just, like, earlier, mm-hmm. but among the, like, the lesbian, gays, and bisexual service members in the military, like, the U.S. military, 80.7% report at least one instance of, like, harassment or, like, being slightly oh, wow. shared of, like, transgender service member. What we're, like, oh, wait, no, like, a, oh, hold. Oh yeah, uh, where like, like the experience like sexual harassment, stalking mm-hmm. even, wow. or just plain like sexual assault. And that's pretty wild. And like it's even yeah. higher for those that are like like transgender. So like when oh like, yeah when, definitely like, the transgender like community could like join the military. Um, at that time there was an eighty-three point nine percent of those that have been like sexually harassed or stopped even like oh, yeah yeah I mean, I, especially yeah um especially like towards the trans community there's there's a lot of of, of like, non-equitable chances like especially even now like Yes, gay, lesbians, and bisexuals, and, and all the others communities are able to join, but it's it's the trans community that 
uh, uh, Donald Trump is, isn't letting join because it, it's really sad. And, and I don't understand, like, for those who are hetero-based, again, like, they don't they don't get to undergo any of this. Like, it's not fair to those who are, um, you know, they're born from it. It's not their decision. So why, why must they be treated different? Like, why can't they just be let in the military serve their country just as someone else would? You know what's even wilder? So like, like the heterosexual or like cisgender service members who responded to the survey as well, only 55.8% have been like sexually harassed and like 14.1% have been assaulted. Whereas for the assaulted case, those mm-hmm. in the, like in the LGB community get like, it's like a 25.7, whereas the trans service oh, wow. is like really high, thirty point four percent, and that's kind of wild because, yeah, like if you like like veterans themselves, like they don't really have that many like they have a lot of resources after like they come out of, like the military, but as like for the LGBTQI plus like community members that come out of the, like that are veterans, they have that same resources but it, i don't think it's not enough because of like the trauma like the bigger trauma that they face especially like the trans um veterans yeah i think a, a lot of of um a lot to this problem um like a, a very key factor to this is, is stereotypes and it, it plays a lot uh into the role of transgenders not being able to um, join the military and essentially it, it can um, correlate to all the LGBTQ plus members um, like um, I, I guess they were especially back in history they were seen a lot as like a kind of like a different species or they were seen as like as like some, something that's non-irregular and I guess that people I guess must have thought it was contagious back in the day so that's why like they just didn't let them join but it's it's still really it's it's messed up because everyone is just human and just because their preference is different than yours doesn't uh give you the right to say you can't do this because your preference is this it's like how like a lot of people still don't like understand the grasp that gender is like a social construct it's like yeah, yeah, so like gender is a social construct, whereas like sex, like female and male, is not. So what yeah. they're getting confused is that what you're born from, like your sex from birth, you can't really change like the gene of it, but you can change your gender. Mm-hmm. So like sex, like it's just male female. There's no pronouns related to it. As it, but gender is a social norm struct, like. But like, whereas you can change your pronouns. So yeah. it isn't like, and like how we released in the military, like there's that like social construct on what gender is. And like, there's also religion that also plays into like that fact. Oh yeah, like, definitely. Like how religion like, re- like basically influences a lot of people to like act the way they act or like, believe the way they believe and that's mm-hmm. like highly involved in the military because yeah. what do you basically do when you're in service away like thousands a hundred thousands miles away from your family 
And what do yeah. you actually believe? Like, what do you have to like lean on? You basically have like religion. Yeah. So, like, kind of sucks how like religion plays a big part on it. Mm-hmm. On how like people like act out on the community, the LGBTQIA plus community. Yeah, and I guess a lot of people just they they don't they don't like to change their ideology ideology so like to just stay within their own ideology um and kind of like spread it to others which it's just it's messed up in a sense and it's just it's not fair to those so i let's i think that's all for this podcast on the on the equality and equity of the educational world and the military world. So, like, thank you guys for, like, coming in and taking your time to listen to our podcast, as well as, like, thank you, Tristan, for, like... Yes, of course. Thank you all for listening.